Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July 12, 2019. And of course, the weekend is here, or at least almost here for most of us. And you got to feel for those people in the Gulf of Mexico with the tropical storm Barry bearing down on them. It's becoming a pretty serious threat. We're going to have lots of threat flooding, so going to keep those in your prayer, those people in your prayers. And um, you know, this will affect price of oil a little bit, so expect that to happen. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you will also call me with any investing questions. Anything financial we'll talk about, I'll be happy to talk about. I got lots of software up here that tells me lots of things, so we can put anything, almost anything in here that is financially related, and I'll get information on it. But, of course, most of the calls are about stocks. So, Take advantage of the free information we're going to provide. And of course, this is all in an effort to make you a better investor, to make all of us a better investor, and to reach that goal that we want of financial freedom. And we do that with a philosophy of independent thinking, and we want to share everybody's success. At least that's the hope. And of course, the show is driven by you. It goes to whatever direction you want it to go. Now, today in this hour, I'm going to do my best to answer all the questions and get you to that financial freedom goal. We'll get there someday. It's it's a matter of time and persistence. You're not going to get rich quick. If you think this show will get you rich quick, you boy, you need to you need to go to a different show because this is not going to happen. Getting rich quick or is not how you're going to get rich. Are you going to hit the lottery? Well, somebody is, but it's probably not you. It's not going to be me. But we can get rich. The Fed Chairman Powell says the relationship between inflation and unemployment is gone. Used to be <coughs> a very strong relationship between unemployment and inflation. So according to Powell, 50 years ago, the connection between unemployment and inflation was very strong, but is no longer related. So we're going to get to that and get to some information on that. I thought that was pretty interesting and is probably true. I've got some other interesting things to talk about today. How about um, things that could cause a deep correction? i got four things I've listed. Five. Four. Four. And four habits self-made billionaires, self-made billionaires practice every day. So we're going to find out... If you do those four things, and I'll tell you what, if I do those four things, and lastly, where to retire should be based on what is important to you. There is, so where to retire, there's certain things you should decide what's important and put them in order. So I'm going to go through some of the things that uh, you should think about, decide what's important. So that's what we're going to discuss here. The market was up today, 243 points on the Dow, 48 points on the S&P, and 14 on the 
NASDAQ. So we had a pretty strong week, you know, with the Federal Reserve Powell saying, telling us he's going to lower interest rates. It was a strong, strong economic week. So, and of course, since it's Friday, I will be sharing highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. KPP Premium Newsletter. Say that three times fast. So, so we'll be going over that. How did the market do? Um, as I told you, you know, for the week, it was pretty strong. So, pretty strong. And it's all about the Fed. Next week, we're going to get a lot of earnings numbers. I think that's going to be the driver next week of where the market's going to go. So, that's what I planned for today's show. But now, let's take a question from our Anytime Listener Line number, 888-99-CHART. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Chris calling from Los Angeles, California. My question is, what is a good strategy when looking to invest in companies that are already on a run, such as Starbucks, SBUX, or Visa, ticker symbol V? Is it best to wait for a pullback and jump in on some uh, bad news or data, or do we just jump in little by little and ride the wave? Thank you so much. Well, that's a very good question. I've had that question answered, uh, asked many times over the years. When something's on a run, you know, you don't know where it's going to end. I don't know where it's going to end. So, when do you get in when it's on this run? Or should you? Well, if the, if the end, if the question is when do you get in, I always, I always fall back to the valuation of the stock. If it's very, very overvalued, I wait for a pullback. If it's still undervalued, I, I will uh, I will jump in. Also, I will look at different factors on a chart, like uh, relative strength, or uh, uh, which is relative strength indicator, which is how strong is it compared to the rest of the market. And if it's overbought, and you can tell that on a relative strength chart, uh, I wait for it to come back down to earth. Uh, for, for instance, Visa is overbought, and it's looking at... Growth about 16% this year in earnings, about 8 to 10% in sales. So that's the reason why it's so strong. The current P is 36, and the five-year range is 21 to 36. So I probably wouldn't jump into Visa unless it has a pullback. And I would want to see a pullback into the, it's at 180 now. I want to see it in the mid-160s, and then I would be a buyer of it. And what was the other one he mentioned? I forgot. But you know, that's each one is different. You can't just say you know. Look, I look at the valuations. I look to see if it's overbought on a chart, even though it's in an upward trend. And I usually would wait for a pullback if I wanted to get in. That's what I would normally do. But usually, you know, remember I'm a value plus growth buyer. So if it's on a strong run, usually the value is not there. You're listening to InvestTalk. I'm Steve Peasley. We're almost halfway through July. We will buy on Monday. it will be halfway through. You are, no doubt, watching the markets like me. They can go up and down. Right now, they're going up. Nobody really knows when they'll go down. But it will go down. They go up and down. Two directions. But over long periods of time, the trend is always up. So... So let's continue our effort for financial freedom. I encourage you to have a strategy to place in place to deal with market volatility it goes up and down. You really need one. And that should include, you know, balancing your portfolio. It should have a balanced portfolio. 
So do it yourself or let Justin and myself help you. We'll do it. We'll help you. Please mark your calendar. I'll be in San Jose July 31st. I'm running out of slots three weeks from today. So make sure you set up your appointment. Go to investtalk.com. Send me an email. And now it's time taking your questions live. 888-99-CHARGE. This is Invest Talk, and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance, right? Of course you do, because it can help you achieve financial freedom. If you live anywhere in Northern California, you should register to meet in person with Steve Peasley in San Jose on July 31st. But for now, Steve is here taking your calls live. Step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-99 chart. Let's go ahead and talk to Swathi in Fremont. How you doing, Swathi? Hi. So, this is regarding some investing options I would like to know. So my husband is uh-huh. a citizen and I'm currently adjusting my status. I'm yet to get my green card. And Okay. I've been, like, I have, like, yeah, I do have some, I do have some, in the saving account, I do have some, you know, I've saved up some amount. So I would like to know how do I go about investing that was the best investment option. Uh, are we talking of, uh, we talking in a retirement account? What kind of account is it again? It's a savings account. So I would like to know how I, oh. how can I go about investing my savings? Okay. Okay, so if you if you if you have enough money set aside for emergencies, okay, and then I have excess money in your savings account, what you do is you open up a trading account. You can do it at a disc, and I would suggest a discount broker. Uh, TD Ameritrade is good. Scott Trade is good. Uh, e Trade is good. But you know, if I if you give me a choice, it would probably be TD Ameritrade. You would go to TD Ameritrade and open up an account. You can open up a joint account or an individual account, an investment account. Then you put your money in, okay, your account, and then you decide what you're going to invest that money in. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, what, you know, you want to be aggressive or you want to be conservative. You got to decide those things. And then, you know, then you, then you buy those things that represent what you want. For instance, if you just want to buy the market, like the S&P 500, which is an index fund of all 500 big stocks, you can buy what's called a ETF that buys that is SPY is the symbol. And that holds all 500 stocks, and now you own all 500 stocks. So it depends on you know how much money and you know where how aggressive you want to be. But to get started, you got to open an investment account in your savings account at a bank. You really can't invest, you know, properly. You don't get all the choices. The bank might want to make you buy mutual funds, but you you wouldn't do that. So have enough money for three or four or five months. Uh, Emergency, uh, three or four or five months of your expenses set aside. Whatever you have excess, open up an account, an investment account, and start investing from there. Thank you, Swathi. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Jake in New York. He wants to talk about GDX, the Gold Miners Index. Gold Miners 
uh, ETF. How you doing? How you doing, Jay? Hey, Steve. Doing well. Um, a quick question, just about different factors that are influencing gold and the price of the dollar. It seemed like the CPI and the PPI were somewhat in favor of maybe keeping rates consistent, but the Fed seems like they're definitely going to cut rates by maybe uh, a quarter mm-hmm. basis points at the end of the month. Um, so I'm just wondering, all of these different factors taken into account, what do you think is going to happen to the price of gold, and specifically GDS? Well, I think if the Fed is lowering interest rates, and just for a reference, they don't, historically, they never just lowered one interest rate and, and, and then be done. Whenever they change direction, up or down on the rates, raising them or lowering them, historically, they've moved four times in a row, up or down. So, this this would be the first downward move, and then historically, they would do three more or more. But that may not be true, but that's what they've done before. And what that does when they lower interest rate, it makes the dollar weaker. And if the dollar is weaker, gold and gold miners should go up in value. So I'm thinking, and I don't know if you how long you've listened to me, listened to me Jake, but on, you know, all year, in the last year and all year this year, I've been saying this year is probably going to be good for gold, and, and I would prefer the GDX, gold miners, versus the gold itself. And so far, it's been true, knock on wood. I still think they, they, they still have a little ways to go. So um, even with the, I would think that the, the jobs numbers looking good and the, the CPI and PPI uh, numbers looking pretty good. Yeah, I still think they would do well. Why? Because you have a world economy that's slowing down. You have a U.S. economy slowing down, still growing, but slowing down. And you have a Federal Reserve lowering interest rates. Normally, that would equal, oh, gee, it looks like our economy is suffering, even though jobs are very strong, no inflation, because you're right, high inflation would drive gold up, but lower dollar would would, would uh, make drive gold up too. So, I still think they'll go up this year. I'm, I'm not a big gold person, but I still think it might go up. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Jake. Dennis, if you'll hold on, I'll, I'll pick you up after this quick break. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that the Invest Talk radio program and the podcast replays provide a daily dose of market news with our unbiased commentary. I don't have any favors one way or another. I just want to give you facts. And we have a fairly new offering, Invest Talk Academy classes. They're classes. You can sign up for them. 888 99 is our number. It's a Friday, and you are working to achieve financial freedom. Okay, and if you find any extra time over the weekend, you might do a little web surfing to investtalk.com. There's a wealth of investment guidance online, and you can read about the many strategic investing programs offered by KPP Financial. But for now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Let's talk to Dennis. Thanks for holding on, Dennis. I appreciate it. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Hi. Um, so um, I have a question about uh, Chipotle Mexican Grill, uh, ticker symbol CMG. Uh-huh. Um, I have some put options on this, 
$600 production expiring in about September. Um, uh-huh. It seems very expensive to me right now. However, uh, hedge funds still seem to be buying even at these levels. Uh, so I kind of wanted your take on this stock. Well, it is pretty darn expensive. I mean, we're talking about a P-E ratio of 73. The stock is at $750 a share, everybody, but that doesn't mean that it's expensive. It's only expensive in relationship to its earnings. It's going to make $16.80 next year, so that that P-E will drop to 44 based on that increase in earnings. That still is pretty expensive with the stock growing you know, 10% or so in sales. So earnings are doing much better, up 47% this year and up 28% next year. But sales are the driver. So they're going 10, 14. So it is overpriced, uh, uh, um, Danish. Now the question is, is how, how and how long will it take to, uh, to be properly priced? And that's what you're you, How long is your options? How, how long far out are they? Um, Mid-September. September. I think you're going to get a pullback before then. I'm just not sure. You said it's at six fifty. Uh, six hundred dollars. Strike price, six hundred. Yes. That's right. At, that's right at the two hundred day moving average or so. Hmm. That's going to be a tough one. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, it is overpriced. That I can tell you. Uh, and I, I will tell you that it probably will be at a lower price at some point than it is now. But, you know, it's a, what, this today that made a new 52-week high. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think it, I think I, it's amazing because Chipotle's had off and on problems, but still everybody loves it. And I've noticed that the they're not nearly as busy as they were. You know, the lines and things, they're not that crowded as, as they were. Dennis, um, good luck with it. I, just, I think it's overvalued. And I do think you'll get a pullback. I just don't know how much before you're, before it expires, before your option expires. Okay, let's go to Goal on Fremont. How you doing, Goal? I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm doing good. Thank you for the call. I need your help in uh, deciding what I should do with the stock that I have, Geely, G-E-L-Y-Y. Mm-hmm. That's Geely uh, Automotive Holdings. So you you want to know if you should buy it, sell it, or do you already own it? Yeah. I already owned it for the last two years, and it is progressively going downhill. Just wanted to know what I yeah. should do with it. I think I frankly think you should just give up on it. I think you should give up on it. I think you should just go ahead and sell it, move on to another better stock. Um, it Gilev Automotive Holdings. Um, looking at a chart, it's just weak, and it doesn't look like there's any reason that it's going to get stronger. It looks like it's going to get weaker to me. So I, I would take my take my it's trading at twenty nine dollars. It's an over the counter stock. I think I'd take it and move on to something better. That's what I think I'd do. Thank you, Gold. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Now today, the Dow and S and P and the Nasdaq were at all times highs. So uh, we have broken up to new highs. Now the question is, the next few days, next week will be will tell the take. If it can keep moving up, we're on a new leg, a new bull leg. We don't know how long that's going to last. I just don't want you to get too excited about it because it just seems the market seems overvalued. The earnings are not going to be very good. 
I'm thinking that once the earnings and they start going to see a lot of them next week, we probably will see some weakness, but maybe it's already built in. You never know. Some of the benchmarks, 10-year treasury is at 2.14, which got to as low as last week, about 1.98, so it rose. Gold at $1,411 an ounce. Uh, It's interesting that gold is going up and making close to new highs, but at the same time, the market is making new highs, while the Fed is lowering rates and the economy is starting to slow. It just there's some odd things going on out here. Take a look at the Russell 2000, which is an index of the small cap stocks. They're nowhere near new highs. They're really lagging. Why? Why are the big companies, so the S&P 500, Dow, and the NASDAQ 100, why are they making new highs, but the Russell 2000 isn't? Usually, the small caps lead the market. They're terribly not leading the market. Very, very way behind. Why? Something's not right here. So I think we need to be aware of that. So on Monday's Invest Talk, uh, this expert's opinion, the Fed could be building a bubble if it cuts rates. Hmm. Could he be right? That story's going to be on Monday, everybody. But now with all the public uh, publicity around the upcoming Amazon Prime days, you might wonder how Amazon <clears throat> can possibly process millions of transactions each hour. Remember, their site broke down last year. Remember that? How many data centers, servers does Amazon use to manage all that traffic? Do you know? Well, I'm asking the question. How many? I'll have the answer next. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley and ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Talk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now. Ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I asked a question. How many data center servers does Amazon use to manage all of its traffic? Now, the latest numbers are difficult to verify, but as far back as 2017, Amazon.com and Amazon Cloud Services combined were believed to use 1.3 million servers to manage web traffic. And for those people who are not all that techy, a server is nothing more than a computer, okay? So they use 1.3 million servers or computers to manage the web traffic. 
In fact, Amazon's network of servers for hire is so big that it can be hard to imagine the combined computing power. It's huge. And for the most part, the physical locations of Amazon's data centers are not publicly disclosed. No one knows where they are. I mean, we know where some are, but we don't know where all of them are. So if we are, you know, if we are quantifying Amazon server power, what about its competitor, competitor Google? There's no publicly official data on how many servers there are in Google data centers either. But there is an industry report way back in 2016 estimated that Google at that time had 2.5 million servers. <laughs> So Amazon has 1.3 million in 2017. 2016, Google had two and a half million. Like Amazon and Microsoft too. No one's talking. We haven't talked about Microsoft. How many millions do they have? It's always changing. The numbers are always expanding, and it's going to continue to expand. Kind of interesting data, don't you think? Okay, let's go talk to Will in San Diego. How you doing, Will? Oh, pretty good, Steve. I had noticed that Illumina took a little bit of a drop. And I was wondering if now would be a good time to uh, get in on this uh, latest pullback. Ooh, it did take a big, huge drop, didn't it? It dropped yes, from it uh, everybody from three, 360 to 365. It dropped all the way from there to 305, 20% or so in one day. It's at 305.05 today. So that's about 20%. Okay, who is Illumina, Inc.? Uh, develops integrated systems for the large-scale analysts of genetic variation and biological function. Okay, so that's what they do. They're out of San Diego. Right. They're going to make, you know, they, they're, it's interesting. It's very high-priced stock compared to earnings. But they make money. They grow their money. They're going to grow earnings 17% this year, another 15% next year. Sales have been growing, but not growing as strong. Uh, a year ago, they were growing 25%. To now, the most recent quarter, they're only growing 8%. And that probably explains some of the... They, something had to happen. This bigger drop just doesn't happen like that. Uh, what happened in the stock market today? That's, I'm trying to find out real fast. Do you know what happened? Why it dropped so hard? Well, I think ah, they the, the earnings. Yep. Illumina tanks on reduced revenue forecast. It's all about forecasts. And that's what happens when you're in a growth stock and it's no longer going to grow as fast as it was. They take a big, huge dump, and that's what happened today. I would, uh, if you want to buy it, Will, I wouldn't buy it tomorrow or Monday. I would wait a week or so to see if it settles down. You just don't know if it, there's still more selling pressure to come into it or not. You want to wait till that selling pressure is over with, and it usually takes a few di- a few days, a week or two. It usually does not bounce up in a V, especially if uh, the, like something like this where the, the growth was much better than uh, they now project. So everybody's got to get used to that lower growth. It's still growing, though. Don't think it won't. It's still growing. But yeah, you're gonna wait. And could it be a good buy? Well, it's a it's in a good area. The earnings are growing nicely. They're just gonna grow slower. So just wait a week or so and keep an eye on it. Will give me a call after a week and we'll talk about it again. Thank you, Illumina. I L M N I L M N. Let's go to Basil in Connecticut. How you doing, Basil? I'm well, Steve. How are you? 
I'm good. Thank you for the call. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. So I'm call I'm calling. My wife has uh, refinanced a few of her student loans into one loan through Citizens Bank, probably a few years ago, and she's paying mm -hmm. somewhere in the five percent range for an interest rate on that loan. Where do I begin shopping to refinance that loan at this point? Well, you could start because uh, they're lowering interest rates, right? You could start putting right. some feelers out to see if see if your rates could get to down to. You really want to get down to four percent or less to make it worth your while to refinance those loans. Um, and I think we're, you're probably pretty close. But you know, the Fed is going to lower interest rates here uh, in in July. It, the question is, if we go into recession, rates will go even lower. But I don't know if we're going into okay. recession. Uh, you know, I think we are late this year, early next year. And in a recession, that yep. would be the best time to refinance that loan because rates will the Fed will refinance. lower rates again. And that that loan and and they uh, refinance the mortgage as well, right? That's correct, because that's when you're going to get your lowest rates. Uh, I think the Fed, this is just the first time they're lowering rates. I think they're going to lower rates more than once. So I, I think it wait a few more, maybe a couple of quarters, maybe the end of the year, beginning of the year. I think that might be a better time. Depends on the economy. If the economy picks up, then we might miss that opportunity. But I think that the Fed's going to lower more than once. And that should pull down rates a little bit more. Okay. Thanks for the call, Basil. Good call. Thank you. Okay. The KPP premium newsletter was distributed today to subscribers this morning as I put it out early, early. Uh, I finished writing it early in the morning and then do a couple of proofs. And we get it out before the mid-morning point. And hopefully it has enough information that makes you make you interested in it. The first section is called the market condition section. There's four sections. Four. Market conditions, and I talk about economy and the stock market in that section. And it's just a few paragraphs, half a page to a page long. Um, and I mentioned last week, big release of economic data. And this week, very weak release of data. It wasn't very money, very much. We had some inflation news, and that told us there's absolutely no inflation problems. Uh, earnings will be, I also mentioned earnings will be the driver next week instead of uh, the Fed. So interest rates are not going to be the driver of the market, but earnings will be the driver of the market next week. Uh, and that, I think, is going to be very interesting because I don't think the earnings are going to look that good, but maybe everybody's expecting it. I think they're going to be... We are kind of in an earnings recession. We've had two quarters in a row where the earnings have, have uh, shrank. We still have positive earnings, just not as good as the year-ago earnings. Anyways, so that was the first section. Then, of course, there's three other sections. Uh, I got this. Uh, I gave you a couple of stock ideas. I have a consumer watch and a portfolio management section. Three other sections um, in the newsletter. So those three sections, you know, a couple of stock ideas. You know, usually these were big blue chip type stocks. And uh, so. In the portfolio management section, I was, I was, we were, I talked about comparing the fundamentals of companies with 
certain characteristics in different industries and how you compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. Uh, so in certain industries like technology has much bigger, much higher PE ratios than other industry because of their growth. So you can't compare you know, different industries with each other because they don't. The stocks in those industries don't match. So you can't do that. So I just made some suggestions there. And as I said, a couple of stocks that were really big, heavy equipment maker in there. And of course, one of the, the, um, the not one, the largest non-alcoholic beverage company was there. So those were the couple of stock ideas. Um, and, you know, um, in, in the Consumer Watch is all about protecting your data. You know, especially in the summer scams that come out. There's scams come out all the time. You gotta protect your data. Anyways, my main talking point today concerns this story. Fed Chairman Powell says the relationship between inflation and unemployment is gone. Now, well, how did he come to that conclusion? Well, by simple observation, we have super low unemployment, right? And inflation is weakening, not strengthening. We haven't seen any inflation, really. Is below their target. He did suggest that the, we need to change our targets. Instead of being 2%, he suggested 1.5% should be the inflation target. He's suggesting that uh, uh, inflation will pick up eventually because as the unemployment rate keeps going down and everybody finds a job, they're going to ask for higher wages, and that's going to cause wage inflation. Now, just so you know, in the late, uh, was it in the 70s, we had actually price controls. What happened is, is wages started, prices starting to go up. And the corporations raised their prices and then wages would go back up and then corporation would raise their prices and it got into a vicious cycle. And that was a difficult thing to break. So, I don't know if we'll have that cycle. It was much less a world economy then like it is today. Uh, so and there were stronger unions back then and so i don't know if we'll see that again because i don't think the same dynamics exist so but if we do get any inflation it'll probably start in wage inflation that's where it probably start and now i'm taking your questions live 888-99-CHART this is invest talk made possible by kpp financial where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And KPP principal and Investor host, Steve Peasley is pleased to announce that he will be returning to San Jose, California on July 31st to conduct his no-cost, wealth-building, portfolio review consultations. If you're a serious investor, and if you live anywhere in Northern California, you should make plans now to sit down in person with Steve. He can review your portfolio and show you how to optimize its performance so you can achieve financial freedom. Appointments are limited, so don't delay. Wednesday, July 31st, Steve Peasley returns to San Jose. Register now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open and your calls are welcome. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Travis from uh, Portland, Oregon. I'm calling today because uh, I'm uh, a new investor 
And uh, I've got about 25000 in a self-directed IRA set up through an LLC. And, uh, you know, I've got about 20% of my portfolio in some gold mining stocks. Really want to be an opportunistic buyer uh, as the market corrects um, and, and pick up some cyclical stocks. So my question for you is, what uh, would you recommend as a vehicle to keep that money safe uh, until, you know, we're at that point in the economy? Is a, you know, one or two year bond, you know, smart? Or should I just leave it in my account, not touch it? But basically, I really want to be opportunistic. My risk score is uh, in the 80s. Uh, anyway, I'll look forward to uh, hearing it on the show. Thanks. Okay, so he wants to take a lot of risk, which is not a bad thing when you're young. You should take risks when you're young. Um, and I would probably leave it either in cash or on ultra-short bond fund. And I have a list of several ultra-short bond ETFs. You, you still want to make some money. You know, it, it, you know, so an ultra-short bond fund should give you a decent return. Because you want to keep it liquid. You don't want to, you know, if you tie it in with a year or a two-year bond or if you try it to do a CD, you know, those are, you know, pretty safe. But, you know, you don't know when the opportunity will come. I can't tell you when. So, what you're, if I'm hearing you correctly, what, I, what I'm hearing is you want to wait till we have either a big correction in the market or we move to a recession, then put the money in. Opt, when you say I'm an opportunistic investor, that's what that's telling me. So uh, I wouldn't do anything too risky with that money because you want to be prepared. And I wouldn't tie it up into something that's, you know, illiquid. That's what I would suggest. Good question. Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, things that could cause a deep correction. I got four of them. I think number one might be earnings, valuations compared to earnings. I think our valuations are higher than they should be compared to the earnings. So I think that's one. And we're going to know very shortly, next week or two, we'll know. Uh, number two, uh, also, you know, the, I said valuations compared to earnings, but also I think number two could be slow earnings growth in the projection. So when the earnings come out, I think the price of the stocks are higher. And when they come out, I think the CEOs, remember, we're all looking for next quarter, the quarter after that. And if they see slowing earnings projections, that could cause a pretty deep correction. Then there's got to be a lot of them. It's got to be across a broad swath of stocks. So can't just be, you know, just one or two. Then that won't cause anything. Third one, global recession. Global recession. I think that uh, it is possible that we might see that. And the last one, the Federal Reserve being too timid with cutting rates. And we might need rate cuts fast. You know, they don't have to do a quarter point at a time. They can cut as much as they want. They can do a half, a three quarters, or a whole percentage point. So if they're too timid and they do this rate cut and then don't do anything for six months, you know, if the perception is that's what they're going to do and they start to hint that that's what they're going to do, that could cause a deep correction. This is the Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. That's the goal. So give me a call or add our number, 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk. 
one market expert says the Fed could be building a bubble if it cuts rates. Could he be correct? That story, Monday. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Joey in Texas. I'm interested in Genie Energy, ticker symbol G-N-E. I started looking at it somewhere around the 10th, 12th of June. Uh, it was in the mid to high nines back then. It's at 11.56 at the close here on July 3rd. Um, I like the stock. But, you know, it's in an uptrend since the lows at the end of 2018. Uh, PE is about 14.4. Our five-year average is about 18.5. It's got a little bit of dividend at 2.63% currently. You know, wishing I'd have found it a little sooner and got in. So. Just wondering where you think this thing stands now. I mean, uh, I've been kind of waiting for a bit of a pullback, but there hasn't really been one. So just curious if you think it's still got legs to continue to grow, or should I just wait for it to come back and, and then watch for a confirmation uh, after it pulls back? Thanks. Okay, Genie Energy. I've been, I've been uh, uh, figuring out the uh, future P.E., and that's eleven and a half. So um, it, the range is six to thirty-six. So it has a wide range, a PE range for the last five years. Uh, Genie Electric, uh, G, G, Genie Energy, GNE, engaged on electricity, gas distribution to residential and small business customers. So um, yeah, this is the industry that's been working most of this year. Uh, does it have more legs? Probably does. Uh, my estimate would be it does. The thing I don't care for it is the, the last couple of quarters, sales have actually dropped. That, sh- that is a little concerning when they, you know, it's just a little concerning. They pay a 2.7% dividend, and it's a small company, very small, $283 million. So it's a higher risk because of that smallness. Very good return on equity, not much debt. Management owns 30%. So um, I'd probably wait for a pullback. Personally, I'd probably wait for a pullback in the $10 area. If it doesn't, I would just move on and not worry about it. But I think I think you're going to get a, a deeper pullback here. And that would be a pullback. That would be time to buy it. GNE. Four Habits of Self-Made Billionaires. They practice these habits every day. We'll see how many of them you practice. Because I was interested to see if I practiced these houses. Okay, the first one. They all have morning routines and they all start, uh, they all get up early, very early. 5 to 6 a.m. Okay, I do that. Do you do that? So that's one of the habits. Number two. They read, and they just don't read their, about their industry. They read lots of different things, all kinds of things. They're, they're readers. I'm a reader. I do that. I read all kinds of science, too. Number three, they contemplate. They take time to themselves every day, and they relax doing it, and they think, I don't know if I do that one. Keep healthy. They exercise routinely. I exercise every day. I'm just not healthy. <laughs> so where's my billionaire billion dollars? I don't have it. 
So those are the habits of, and they did a survey of two dozen, these were interviewed, two dozen billionaires, self-made billionaires. So they get up early, they read a lot, they take time out to think and relax, they exercise, they're healthy. Okay? Okay. We just all got to do that. The Wall Street Journal says that PG&E, knew, and that PCG is the symbol, knew about the dangers of his power lines for years and did nothing about it. If that isn't bad enough, there's more troubling news in the wake of PG&E's disaster. PG&E's plan to prevent wildfires with widespread power shutoffs means no lights, no refrigeration, no internet in many parts of California. So they're going to do that. They're going to shut down the power if it's, if it's, if there's, to prevent wildfires. I'd like to know how they're going to do that. When we get a Santa Ana condition, which is hot winds blowing from the ocean, they're going to just turn off the power? <laughs> what, why do I want them? I, I don't want them as my power company. I don't. I don't. I'm going to figure out a way how to get around it. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, and I thank you for your loyal support, your calls, your questions. do appreciate it. Justin will be here with Monday. I'll be back on Tuesday. And tell your investor friends about us. I would love to have them listen to the show and ask their questions. And remember, I'll be in San Jose on July 31st, so register now at investtalk.com. Have a good weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.